purpose today to share with you vision regarding the house, but also connecting this month to personal vision. It's vital that you understand it, that I understand it, that we get stronger at it, we understand in a greater way the purpose of what God established in creating vision in our hearts. And last week we talked about several things. Before we get started, I want you to say this after me. I am a hearer and a doer in 2018. My eyes see, my ears hear, and my heart understands in Jesus' name. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. But last week we talked about um, vision. We, we talked out of Habakkuk 2 where it, where it said, write the vision and make it plain so that those that read it can run with it. That's what we're doing this month. We want to make the vision plain at gates, but we want to help develop real clarity to personal vision so that you can, in your life, accomplish the things that God put you here. We, we talked about another verse, um, and it's important that we understand how these verses all connect. Ephesians 2.10 says that we're his handiwork or his workmanship. He, he, we're his handiwork. He, he molded us and made us and created us. But Ephesians 2.10 says that he created us for good works and that we would walk in those good works. Not bad works, not just mediocre works, but he created you for good works. So we have to understand that. Also, we talked about Ephesians 1, 3, and 4, and this past year we've talked about this a lot and we'll talk about it a lot this year also, that he chose us before the foundation of the world. Most people, that, that makes them nervous because you can't understand it. Those are the things today, after 40 years of salvation, I, I want to see things that I can't understand because I want to believe things that are difficult to believe that I have to work at getting my head clear of doubt and unbelief and really trust God and His Word. Can you say amen to that? He he had a plan for you, he called you, he connected you before the foundation of the world, and that's what he wants to do, is reveal to you what that plan was. And he will, if you allow him to. And the other verse that we talked about last week, before I get into our foundational verse, was 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29, where it says that God chose you, and he called you, um, and, and he didn't call you for how smart you were. He called you so that he could equip you and mold you and make you. God never called people for because of their education. You'll, you'll never find yourself in education. You'll educate yourself, but you won't find yourself. I'm going to say it again. You, you'll, you'll educate yourself, but education will never cause you to find yourself. You can only find yourself in God. He chose you and he called you before the foundation of the world so he could mold you and make you. Remember, it's not how smart you are that determines your calling and the greatness of your calling. You're great and God called you to be great because of the plan he had for you even before Adam and Eve, even before the foundation of the world because the Bible says so. So today we're going to look at our foundational scripture or, or our two foundational passages, and the first one's found in Matthew 20, uh, 26 and, and 7, 
And it says, Yet it shall not be among you, but whoever desires to become great. How many do I have in here that desire to become great at what you do? Great. Not just good, but great. How many great ones do I have in here today? Okay, if you don't see yourself that way, you're not seeing the way God created you. He already created you great. Say, I'm great. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. You're great. He created you great. God did. So he said, in verse 26 here, he said, But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be servant of all. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, this passage and this way of thinking is very foreign to most people. The word servant in verse 26 is, is a word defined as a minister, somebody that ministers to someone. The word slave there is actually the word in the Greek servant. And the servanthood of a person can either be voluntary or involuntary. It can be something that is forced or you can be imprisoned to have to do. Or, or it's, it's something that you voluntarily do. But he said for a, for a man to become great and number one at what they do, a person, to become great and number one, you have to become servant of all. So I guess that means that I have to uh, make myself serve or do something that I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah, to start out with. So that what will be developed in your life is a desire to understand what servanthood is. What it really means to offer your life as a ransom for mankind. When I was earlier talking about the promises of God, the first time that I was ever challenged by somebody in a church, I was, I was probably 19, the first, maybe I was 18, 18 or 19, that I was first challenged to tithe. And, uh, you know, at 18 years old, I, I didn't have a lot of training. I could barely balance a checkbook. And um, somebody wanted me to, you mean, you, you want me to spend the time to figure out what 10% of whatever it is that I make, and then I'm going to put it in an envelope or write a check out, and, and I'm thinking to myself, okay. So, but, but when I came into the kingdom, I just loved God, and when I saw that and they taught that, I just took them at their word. So I just did it. And the things that began to happen in my life, I mean, the things that began to happen with me as a result of becoming a tither, I mean, it, it astonished me. I mean, financial blessings that came my way, you know, when I first started. Because I was, I was learning to do something that he said. So every time I've found something that he required of me, it didn't fit. 
Because his ways and my ways, or his ways and the world's ways, are totally backwards. See, his, his way says, if you want to see something in your life, you believe. The world's way is, you can't believe anything unless you see it. As far as heaven is from earth, so is that thought. <laughs> and so, for, some, for, most, for all of us, at one time or another, when you first hear something like that, to have to believe in something so that I can see it, and have to declare things about what I want to see so that I build that faith and that confidence inside of me so it's like I have it before I have it. What? When I first heard that, I thought that was nuts. But I just took it. I think maybe I wasn't smart enough to reconsider. I just said, okay. That's what he said. That's what they taught. I took what they taught and went to the Word. That's what it said. That's what I'm going to do. So, now, actually, don't raise your hand. I'm just asking you. Do you know the difference in being good and being great? There's a huge difference. Something that is just mediocre or something that is absolutely over the top at what you do. I I'm, I'm not, I, at, at 58 years old, I am not satisfied with good. I'm done with good. I'm done with it. Good's good, but it ain't great. And if God created good and great, and you can have either one, I don't know about you, but I wasn't, I was born at night, but not last night. I want great. And to see great manifested, I have to be a servant in every situation, yet it being my choice, not forced. Notice, he, said, he didn't say in here, whoever desires to be great, somebody's got to be in your life to make you serve. He didn't say that. He said, by your choice. So, to begin to choose and to even understand what that looks like, number one, you got to hear teaching like what I'm sharing with you today. If I didn't teach you this, then you just go along and, you know, serve when it was convenient. One, one of the ways to decide what that looks like is always thinking about people in your life. And the way you can hurry things along and really get to the point of what this really is talking about is you, 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 you fast forward to the people that irritate you the most. Get there first. And then you go to God and you ask God, Lord, how do I serve this person? They irritate me. They frustrate me. I don't like them. I don't even want to like them. And I need your help how to get past this because truly you desire. Listen, it's not just about me desiring to be great or you desiring to be great. And I, I promise you, your thought processes of greatness and God's thought processes are probably way off too. But if I'm going to be great, then I'm going to learn 
how to serve everybody by choice. Jesus said, the way you want to be treated, you take the first step, you treat someone else that way, and you watch it come back to you. Well, I will if they do. You're waiting until hell freezes over because it ain't going to happen. Nine and three quarters times out of ten, it won't happen when you're waiting on someone else for you to make a decision. Now, can you put that 1 Corinthians um, 9 in the message up for me? 1 Corinthians 9, I'm going to start with verse 19. We read this last week. And I want to talk to you about a few things and probably only going to get into maybe two more scriptures and then we'll, we'll just wait till next week on this. But <clears throat> here lies an actual, if you don't, very easy to download a free Bible app. What's that Bible app called? Holy Bible? Yeah. Holy Bible Bible app in your phone. Then you can have an iPhone or all different kinds of smartphones and, and you can download that Bible app and, and, uh, and you can look at, I think there's a, for free, there's probably 40 or 50 different translations of the Bible. But in the Message Bible, it'd be really good this year for you to read this every day. I'm serious. These four verses of Scripture would be good for you to read every day in the Message Bible. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 19. Even though, Paul says, even though I am free of the demands and the expectations of everyone, even though I am free of the demands and the expectations of everyone, there lies the key to servanthood. See, if somebody's trying to put you on a guilt trip for serving them, that's not servanthood. That's guilt. <laughs> yes? Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all, any and all, in order to reach a wide range of people, religious Non-religious, meticulous moralists, Whew, some of those people irritate the heck out of me. Loose living moralists, sometimes I'd rather be around some of them than the others. The defeated, the demoralized, but, but that's why I have to start with the meticulous people. <laughs> because sometimes they irritate me and... There's some of those people that I have to say, okay, God, how do you want me to serve them? And then I have to do it because they irritate me. See, that's where you get over it. I'm going to show you a verse of Scripture today that's going to liberate your life if you'll take it. The defeated, the demoralized, whoever, verse 20. I didn't take on their way of life. See, you don't, you don't, you, you don't serve people and become like them. You serve people and they become like the God in you. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I become just about every sort of servant. In other words, there's a whole lot of different ways to serve people, and you can only get that from God. You've got to develop it. I'm going to give you the next few weeks, I'm going to give you a, a, probably a dozen examples or more of how, the different types of servanthood and how to serve people because what are we after? Listen, I want rewards. How about you? Huh? Any, any, any sports people in here? Any competitive sports people? How many like to lose? 
Nobody likes to lose. You like the trophy. You like the reward. You want to play? You want to play hard? You want to win, right? But there's a, there's a way to serve people when you didn't win the actual game and you become the real winner. We'll talk about that later. But he said, I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the Word. All because of the Word. Next verse. I didn't just want to talk about it. I want to be in on it. And the last verse. Oh, wait a minute. Was that the last verse? That was verse 23. Yes. No, I didn't. I think there's one more in there. No, I guess not. Wait a minute. No, that's not what I want. So that was the last one. Uh, uh, back up to the next ver- uh, the verse. That's right. That, this is two verses right here. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet in a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. And then the last part of that, I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. God doesn't want us to just talk about this. He wants us to be in on it because he wants us to be great. And he wants us to be number one. And the only way up is under. The only way to greatness is through servanthood. Only way. There's no other way. But you have to understand it. Because most people that think of a servant, they think literally of a slave that is that way because they have no choice. That's not what he's talking about here. You can look at, if you have... uh, ways to study this and look at the literal Greek here this is not talking about being a slave because you're forced to be it it's talking about being a slave or a servant by choice because God said it see see your natural mind tries to figure out why God would even say this but he knows for you and I not to be about ourselves in our greatness we have to come under We have to come under his way of thinking and operating so that in our greatness, we're not about ourselves, that the attention is drawn to him and not us. The only way to do that is to become a servant of everybody. There are some people very easy to serve. It's very easy to serve them. They like what you like, you know, oh, let me do that, let me take care of that. Then there's other people that irritate the you-know-what out of you. And you can't stand to be in their presence. I'm just telling you the truth. I feel that way about people. But those are the ones I'm working on. I'm not going to allow myself to be mediocre in life and, and only be good and not great. Here's the ticket. 2018 is our best year yet as we become the title of my message today as I look in these next few, two or three verses is that we become hearers and doers of what his will is in every situation. 
and as servants of the Most High God and serving because we desire to, not because we're forced to, the world will open up in your life like you've never known before. He said, prove me, trust me, prove me that I'll not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. As a tither, that's true. And as a tither with the devourer rebuked, nothing can stop the rewards of everything that God has promised in your life to you unless you are not connected first and foremost to this pattern and way of living. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and offer his life as a ransom. See, did it look like Jesus was being taken advantage of? I mean, those no good, dirty rats, all that he did for them, all he tried to do was bless them, and look what they did. They turned on him. And not just a few people turned on him, everybody turned on him. And what was his last words? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they really don't. You know how you serve people? You realize, I mean, mentally, you, you're watching them do something. You heard they said something. They did something to you. Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. Not really. They don't know the extent of what they've done and how it's affecting other people's lives. Mm. That's why he's able to say that. You know what he did right there on the cross? He served all of those people. All of the people that had come against him, he was serving them by offering his life as a ransom for their liberation. Whether they received it or not, he did it anyway. See, we want credit and we want to make sure that people get their comeuppance. I'm not doing that. You know, I'm not going to serve that nasty rat. He deserves everything he's going to get. No, actually, you may be the avenue to that person's deliverance and be, them being set free and liberated. Well, you know, i got too many other stuff going on in life. I don't have time to think about things like that. You don't have time not to think that way. I promise you. You don't have time not to. Because you will wear yourself out and go to the grave early, dying of some form of disease, if you're not living your life serving. Okay, pastor, let, let it up, let it up, let loose, okay. <clears throat> I can feel the heaviness. No, it's, it's good, it's good. So, d d just a couple things that I said last week, and then I want to look at Acts 24 and verse 16. I have a verse of scripture that's really liberated my life over the last few years. One that I've, I don't, I don't know that I've ever talked about this from the pulpit, but it's one that I've meditated on for 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 many months and actually over the, probably the last couple of years, it's just been working on the inside of me. God's been teaching me how to go to new levels in my life. Acts uh, 24 and 16, we're not going to look at it yet because I want to say a couple things. But um, <clears throat> a pastor, not really a pastor friend, he was just an acquaintance of mine, probably, it's probably been 20 years ago, and uh, I saw this guy one day somewhere. He was at a restaurant or something. And he was, he was dressed in, like, uh, hiking gear. And uh, I said, man, where, where are you going? He said, man, I'm, he said, I'm, I won't see you for a few months. I said, really? So what, what's the deal? He said, well, I'm, I'm headed to some state up in the mountains. And he said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to find myself. And I thought, okay. And know you lost yourself, you know. But he was going to find himself. 
And uh, maybe a year later, I saw this guy in town. I hadn't seen him since he had come back and, and, uh, and he was back pastoring his church and all. And uh, I remember asking the guy, I said, uh, I said, how was your trip? And he said, well, I don't know, it was, it was all right. He said, I, you know, kind of went out there to find myself and really didn't. And I thought, the way you find yourself is what I'm teaching you today. When you invest your life in other people, you will find who you are. That's how connected that we are to humanity. Helping someone else will cause you to find out what you've been called to do. When you're all about yourself and all you think about is yourself and all you're trying to do is get, make it through life and just barely get by and all these kind of things. And, you know, it's just a rough life. It's really not. When you live your life to serve others, and in fact, the scripture says serve everybody. When you live your life to serve, then you become great in the things God calls you to do. You know why? One reason. One reason. Because when you serve, you can be trusted. When you don't develop servanthood, I'm not talking about being forced to serve and doing something you don't want to do and complaining the whole time and those kind of things. I'm talking about getting from God what servanthood really looks like. And when you do that, you begin to find yourself. You've heard me say this since last September when I shared in the month of September about, about really evangelizing the world. All the world, everybody in the world, whether they know it or not, are looking for God everybody's looking for God. Everybody. I'm going to say it again. Everybody on the planet is looking for God. Some people know it, some people don't. Some people think that they're trying to find their reason or their purpose, but it's, it's only in God. There's only one way, there's only one way, and it's the way of the Bible. It's the God of the Bible. It's not 14 other gods, it's the God of the Bible. And for you to understand the things that I'm talking about today, you must be born again. That's the prerequisite. You must be born again. An educated man that Jesus was in conversation about, really good man, the, 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 the educator, uh, what was his name? Nicodemus, gosh. And, and in, in John chapter 3, Jesus is in conversation with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is trying to figure out what he's talking about. He said, how can a man at a full age, like myself, go back in his mother's womb and be born again? How, how can that happen? He said, that's not what it is. Those that are born of the flesh are flesh. But then there's a second birth, and that second birth, those that are born of the spirit are spirit. But for, a, for, a man, for you to understand the things that I'm talking about, a person must be born again. Now get this. All, all, all of the world is looking for God, but where is God? Right? So in essence, the whole world is after you. Me? The whole world is looking for you. They just don't know it yet. 
And the only way for the world to know how great your God is, is for you to live your life serving them. They won't know God any other way. Listen to me. People say, yeah, but you know, there's this group of people and that group of people. And these people hate God and they hate Christians. And they, they're so mean. And you know what? You need to turn the news off. You just need to turn it off. Just turn it off for a while. I don't say you can't be educated and kind of know the things that are going on or whatever. But, I mean, don't spend so much time listening to that trash. Because, you know what? One news agency will pitch you against this group of people. Another news agency against it. They're all created in the image of God. Everybody. And God doesn't desire for one to perish. God needs all of us and he needs all of our anointings and our personalities and our lives to be able to get in there. But, but listen. If I serve, if, 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 I, if I started, if God told me to serve Fabian and do something some things for Fabian. I started serving him. Just out of the clear blue. God said for me to do this, and I started doing certain things. And, and like I said, not today, but the next couple weeks, I'm going to talk to you about what serving looks like, what I'm talking about in regards to serving. Because, see, here, here's one thing. Let, let's, say that, let's say Fabian's car broke down, and I knew his car broke down. God said, I want you to, I want you to take him to work every day. What? Man, I'm busy. I got things to do. What do you mean you want me to take him to work every day? Okay, you want to be great or just be normal? Be like everybody else. So Fabian's car breaks down and I start picking him up. I just call him one day and I say, you know what? Uh, how are you getting to work today? Well, somebody's coming. No, I'm going to take you. And I said, I'll come get you. I'm going to take you and I'm going to bring you home every day. What? Yeah, I'm going to do that every day. So don't look for rides until your car is fixed. I'm going to take you every day. I'm you know, just using some example. I'd never do this for Fabian. No, <laughs> no I would. <clears throat> and and uh, But see, it's what God says. See, you're not, you're not, it's not something you're forced to do. And listen, all right, l- 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 let, me, let me back it up. Let's say I didn't like Fabian. See, when we don't practice real servanthood, we want to serve people we like. Okay, so let's say... Fabian's just annoying and I don't even like the guy and his car breaks down and God tells see that's where you gotta work he said I want you to take him to work every day so I start taking him to work and you know his life with God's frustrated and you know he's even doubting his salvation and all kinds of things but when he sees this act all of a sudden his heart's drawn to me right see he's being drawn to me remember where's God in me and, and, and who told me to do this? God. And who appears to be getting the credit at the moment? Me. Right? Because I'm looking good. But see, the closer I get to Fabian by serving him, the more open he becomes to being able to receive the reason I did this is because of how great my God is. Now, let, that's one example. But let's take another example. Let's say Dale uh, uh, is an agnostic. Uh, an atheist, uh, all kind. I mean, he's a, he he's in, of the Buddhist religion or whatever. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Let's say he's something different, and the same exact thing happens with him. 
His car breaks down. I find out about it. Maybe I knew him in the community. If See, we need to be in the community so you can meet people like that because something's going to happen like that where God may say, I want you to serve him. So this guy didn't have any kind of belief in God whatsoever. His car breaks down. He has absolutely no money to fix it, and he didn't know how he's going to get to work, and if he doesn't go to work, they're going to fire me, and now he's not going to have any money. So God says to me, because I'm open, because I'm living my life for greatness, and to be number one and on top, and, 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 I, and I become a human magnet where people are drawn to me, and so he... I start taking him to work, and he goes, you know, what, 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 do you, what, what do you want? And he said, I don't have any money to pay. I don't want any money. No, 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 but what do you want? Uh, uh, I heard you're a pastor of a church. Do you want me to come to your church? No. He couldn't handle my church, right? No, first he needs to know God, but first he needs to know me. He needs to know, what if it took me two and a half years to prove to him that there was no connections, there was nothing, I, w- I didn't want anything, I was just doing it just because. Two and a half years later, you know, I, I probably would have just fixed his car by then. <laughs> but I'm saying, but maybe not. Maybe God just says, just keep doing it. So two and a half years later, he goes, he says to me, so I've asked you a lot of times, why are you doing this? And you realize Most of the time people ask you questions about your God, they're not ready for your God. They need you. See, they need you first. Then they'll be ready for your God. Maybe two and a half years in, so I decide, you know what? God's saying to me, he's ready for me. Let me tell you, the day your car broke down, I came by and I said, hey, where's so-and-so? And they said, well, his car broke down and he can't get to work or whatever, and I said, and my God told me, spoke in my heart, you needed a ride. Your God told you that? I said, yeah. My God told me you needed a ride and you don't even believe in my God. What? And I might ask him this question. Did your God tell anybody? I might. Or you're no God? (laughs) If you're an atheist and you don't believe in God at all, did that help you in this situation? No. But my God helped you. And he just chose to use me. And that's the only reason you did it. That's it. That's how you serve. Did you hear me? That's how you serve. And so the questions always ask, so... How do you get to the point of being able to hear? That's where this Acts 24 and 16 comes in. You need this verse working on your behalf. You need this verse working for you all year, next year, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. You need this verse working for you. Acts chapter 24, right? And verse 16. Can I, can I have that in the, new, in the NIV, please? 24 and 16. In the NIV. Paul says this. 
So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. I realized one day in some things that I was struggling in personally, I realized one day that my conscience was not clear. My, my conscience was, I, I, was, I was ignoring my conscience. Have you ever been in a time, in a situation where something happened and you thought, you know what, I thought about that, or I sensed that, or I thought, you know, I shouldn't do that, but you did it anyway. What's wrong with that? You didn't obey your conscience. You didn't listen to your conscience. Now, I'm going to end the service today giving you a little, I'm going to educate you with what your conscience is, what the Bible talks about, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, I wanted to look at a few other verses of Scripture today, but I'm kind of out of time. Uh, And I feel like I need to spend a little time on what I'm going to share with you right here. But your conscience is not your brain. It's not your blood-pumping brain. And your conscience is not your blood-pumping heart. That's not your conscience. And I'll show you in Scripture, I'll back this up, I'd never tell you anything that I didn't know for sure in Scripture. But there's a war going on in the world in your life. There is a war in your life going on. It's constant. It's a constant war. And the war and the battle is against, is between your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, not your blood pumping brain, your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit man, which actually has a mind, will, and emotions of itself. Remember, you were born of the flesh, you have a mind, will, and emotions, and then you were born of the spirit, and on the inside of you is like this little frame of a person, and it has a mind, will, and emotions also. Your conscience is what needs to lead you. I'm going to say it again. Your conscience is what needs to lead you. But the Bible talks about people's conscience being seared. And the reason that your conscience is seared is because you give place and you allow things from other people to control you, maybe what you were taught when you were a little child or at different times you were taught, maybe people that that educated you, teachers or whatever, different schools that you went to, they educated you and taught you certain things that go contrary to this. If you don't clear your conscience of wrong thinking, then your conscience will remain seared and you'll ignore what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to you. Now, Get this, get this picture. Inside of you, the real you is your spirit, your human spirit. When you got born again, your human spirit and the Holy Spirit became one. And, and, and the two of you are not contaminated with anything. The Holy Spirit is not sharing with your human spirit with any devil, demon of hell, or any weird ideas or anything else. So 
your spirit man, which has a mind, will, and emotions, wants to convey to you on a daily basis what the Holy Spirit wants you to know. But dad it, we got this flesh with this mind, will, and emotions, with all this unrenewed baggage from the past and all these weird, goofy ideas that everybody taught us, right? From, and, and see, so if you want to play the blame game, you can go back to Adam and Eve. So don't be blaming your parents and your grandparents and this person and that person. And if they hadn't have done this, they did what they could. Listen, what, what did Jesus say? Forgive them, they didn't know what they were doing. I promise you that it's that way with your parents, your grandparents, or whoever else in your life. They didn't know exactly what they're doing. Oh, yeah, they knew exactly. They said this, and they knew exactly what they're doing. No, they didn't know what they're doing. They didn't know the consequences of what they were doing and how they were affecting you with that bunch of trash. And most of it rooted in fear. And if you keep those ways and those ideas, then you're fleshly mind, will, and emotions will always win the battle on what your flesh is going to do. Wow, i got to have a tree like that. What a beautiful tree. I wonder how much that costs. I don't know. That's $500. Well, I don't have the cash, but we can put it on a credit card and pay it out over the next 15 years. Yeah, we got to go for that. See, your mind's telling you you got to have that. See, and 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 your spirit man saying, uh, "Believe me for it." Oh, I couldn't believe that. I may have to wait till next Christmas. Well, believe me for it. I, I got to tell you this. So did, did I tell you the story about my golf club? Did I tell it? Huh? I I didn't tell it. No, it just happened. No, I told the men. I told the, that, yeah, that's what it was, right. So some of you men have heard this. Um, so last year, every year I go to the PGA merchandise show in Orlando, Florida with my dad. He's, my dad's a retired PGA professional, and he has a booth, and he's part of an organization down there that's at this, this a million square feet of all golf, a million square feet of golf. Anything you can think of that has to do with golf, it's here. And I go with my dad. It's kind of a connection time for he and I, and we enjoy ourselves, and we just hang out down there, and, and I really enjoy it. And uh, last December, I was there, and on the day before this thing starts, the, there's a day called Demo Day, and every golf club company in the world is at Demo Day. And the driving range where you practice and hit balls, this driving range is, I, I don't remember the, the land that it's on, but it's a circular driving range, and from one end to the other is, is over 1,500 yards, so nobody could hit each other hitting across. So everybody's hitting into this hole down in the bottom, and, it, and it's got yardages and things, and, and it works really well. So I was out there, and my dad was sitting and resting, and I said, I'm going to hit some shots with these Callaway golf clubs. So I went out there and hit about four or five of these drivers, and I, I, wanted, I wanted a driver. And, uh, and, you know, because my dad's in the business, he can get really good deals and all that. But, you know, a, a driver, a normal price of a driver today is like $500, one club, $500. And so 
I hit this, and, and man, this, this, this one I really hit well, you know. Well, he could get it a little over half off, you know, so it was going to be a pretty good, decent price. And just, you know, I could have bought the club, you know, but on the inside of me, I, I just heard this thing, just, just wait. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm, th- I'm kind of wrestling with it because I'm thinking, yeah, but I need it. Well, I don't really need it, you know, because sometimes I'll go six months and not even play. <laughs> Why do I need that to sit in my office and not even play? So my dad came and said, are you going to get that? I said, uh, yeah, maybe. He said, uh, well, we'll get a good deal. He said, I'll just buy it for you. I said, well, no, nah, I don't think so. He was going to buy me the club. And I thought, no, nah, I don't know why. I just, I just can't do that. Now, just get this. When did that happen, Beck? Huh? No, no, when did it happen? With the, was it like two months ago? Yeah. So two months ago, a really good friend of mine comes to town. He said, hey, you want to go hit some balls? I said, yeah, let's go hit some balls. So we went over to the driving range here in town. And uh, he and I were hitting some balls, and he pulls this driver out, and it still has the wrapping on it. And I looked at that, and I thought, and I'm looking at it, and, and you know, there's a loft and lie and di- several different things that have to be exactly right for my size and the length of the club and the grip and all this. And I'm looking at this club and I'm thinking, my gosh, this is the club I hit. And, I, you know, you can't say something to people because then the, you'll go, oh, man, I wanted that club. <laughs> Give me that club. You know, and, and you could say things like, uh, you know, that's a bad thing to do. And I'm looking at it and he goes, yeah, you know, this person gave me this. I said, what? He said, yeah. And he said, I don't even like Callaways. And I said, you don't? He said, no. I, you, know, you know, I play those tailor-mates. And I said, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm going to work into this conversation, you know, because I don't want him to think I'm, I'm wanting him to give me the club. I, I don't like that kind of stuff. And so, so I said, you know, interesting thing. I hit that very club at the PJ Merchandise Show in January. He goes, you did? He said, you like it? I said, I loved it. Cheers. Now just think about, think about how much God loves me. But think about how much he wants me to trust him in something like that. You see, it's not about what we can run off and do. It's can we listen? Say this. I am a hearer and a doer in 2018. You see, it's not, it's not, always, it's not always about how I can, you know, work my way into to what's best for me in the moment. Many times... It's about just, you know what, honoring someone else. You know, I appreciate you offering to buy that for me, Dad, but, you know, that's all right. You know, you know what he did. I mean, he, I don't know, he felt something or whatever, and, and I, I said, I don't want you to do that, but I appreciate the offer, you know. And he really wasn't that serious about buying it for me because when I said that, he didn't say anything else, you know, so we just went on. So I, I don't really want something like that. I'll want it God's way. Did God bless me? Huh? Yeah, I mean, he gave me a $500 driver for nothing, 
but it came to me in a way that he had it set up for me. I'm telling you, when you live your life to serve people, you learn to hear and do what he says, and it opens your whole life to a greatness you never even imagined was available in your life. Amen? That you never even knew was available. And that's what I'm excited about. This coming year is all about what we're talking about today that we're going to talk about the rest of this month, that we're going to pray over your, your visions. When, when you bring and write down your visions that you're going to bring on the 28th on that night, Becky and I are going to lay our hands on them and pray over them with you. When you bring those visions, from now till then, you may have written some things out already, but from now till then, God may have you alter that and write things down that he's going to tell you, Okay? Maybe something that seems really strange. Well, you know, I never put that down. What are people going to think? Who cares what people think? Nobody's going to look at it. Like Shannon said, we're not going to put it on the board up here. You know, nobody's going to see it. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to believe those things to come to pass. Some of you have some hidden dreams and desires and, and, and things on the inside of you. So you've got some hidden things that God wants to come to pass that he had planned for you before you were even thought about. And as far as they've gotten with you is just a thought. Don't discount some of those thoughts. Don't discount them. And then I'm going to say this in end. Some of you have seen some things not come to pass in days past. You've seen some things not work out like you thought. Today is the best day to rekindle and refire vision on the inside of you but learning not to do it from emotion or pressure of any kind, but just listening. And I'm going to show you in the next couple of weeks, the key to vision is hearing. You being able to listen and know what you're listening for. It's the key to vision. Because when you get that, you write it down. You watch God bring things to pass in ways you never dreamed it would happen. That's just our God. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, tell you, oh, you know, all this great stuff's going to happen. Yeah, great should happen for you because that's the way he made you. Here is the key that unlocks the door to greatness and being number one at what you do. Can you say amen?